I feel like that's what has kept me going this whole time through the pandemic and everything is that everyone needs a website, no matter what. Two introverts do a podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, first of all, uh, thank you for doing that because I know you're also an introvert and it's <laughs> harder for us to do those kind of things. So thank you. It's just like a little hill to get over. It's like, yeah, it feels unnatural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time in the beginning, I have that feeling of, oh man, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. And then once you get going, it's fine. It's just the initial step. Exactly. After I forgot about it. So in today's podcast, um, I have the pleasure to have with me Rachel Zambino. She's a designer and a WordPress developer. Uh, she's empowering the designers to build their own websites. Uh, she's a car enthusiast. So we're going to talk about cars today. Educator, speaker. She has won some awards and uh, I saw her. Um, I saw her work on Zorogan at some point. So we're gonna talk about <laughs> this also. Great. Uh, so uh, if you want to present also yourself, because I'm sure I missed some things. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can do a better job than that. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I guess outside of that, uh, I'm located in Denver, Colorado, currently. Maybe moving to Europe at some point. I guess we'll maybe talk about that. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm kind of like repositioning my career, I guess, more recently into like the online education and course and creative industry. Um, I still do a lot of client work, but my passion is like helping creatives learn how to build websites and also to be able to build like their own portfolio site or agency site, stuff like that be able to like keep it updated and try to make it like a less stressful thing because it's a super stressful topic for anyone who has to have a portfolio. It's like terrible to think about. And it's always like, oh, I'll put that on the back burner. So uh, that's one thing that I've been really excited about doing lately is just like kind of like providing an outside perspective to people on their portfolio and like giving them advice because I feel like I always needed somebody to do that for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing lately. I think that's the best way to approach it. Like um, if you think back when you were starting, what you will need, mm -hmm. and then you can educate about that. It's a yeah, good approach. It's one of my favorite quotes and I don't even know who it's by, but it's like, be the person that you needed. It's just like straight to the point, but I like, always think about that of like, okay, me five, 10 years ago, like what did I need and how could I take, I took the hard path to like learning how to do all this stuff on my own. And like, how can I simplify that and make it easier for other people to just get there quicker and easier, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Be the person that you need it. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. If someone knows who, I don't know who said that, but if someone knows, <laughs> let us know in the comments. <laughs> the first question I always ask it's, uh, what's your goal right now? It could be like a life goal. It could be like a business goal. Like what's your main goal right now? Uh, how much time do you have? <laughs> we have, like... um, have you seen the Rogan podcast? I think. Oh like yeah, true. We go three, for like three hours. and a half. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I can get through all of them in that amount of time. Um, I don't know. 
I always have like so many and honestly this is probably like my biggest fault is like having too many goals and like trying to do too many things at one time um I guess like my biggest most important goal is just like continuing to try to achieve like work-life balance and figuring out what that looks like and like all the things that go along with that so just like trying to save up money trying to do more products where I can get like passive income so I'm not like working as much um and then just doing more work that I enjoy in general and not feeling mm -hmm. like I'm a slave to my computer all the time because <laughs> that's not <laughs> a good feeling so I guess yeah work-life balance is my main goal right now okay nice um how far do you think you are from getting there if you can't get there <laughs> it sounds like a difficult plan but like from zero to ten like zero you haven't done anything then you have achieved I feel like I am kind of like there in some ways but also like could be improved so maybe like a five or six like halfway oh, okay that's good <laughs> I feel like in the last year I've made like a lot of progress on that um mm -hmm. from leaving my job at an agency full-time job to like full-time freelancing doing my own thing and I feel like it's taken me I guess it's been a little over a year since I left my job so it's taken me up to like now to like really figure it out and like trying to like set aside certain days to do certain things and then trying to set aside time to like relax and like recharge but then time to do like focus work and it I feel like it's a never-ending process and stuff is always changing but I yeah I feel like I'm getting there <laughs> yeah yeah for sure like I think we met two years ago something like that and I have seen you grown uh, a lot from there because I remember you were an employee back then mm -hmm. uh, I think you were also doing websites because but it was like a for a company something like that Mm -hmm. and you wanted to quit and then at some point you finally did it and you became a freelancer <laughs> now you want to quit being freelancing <laughs> doing freelancing now I just don't want to work period yeah <laughs> so what's the plan about that about like if we if you quit freelancing is it like having only passive income I mean that would be the dream I mean that's that's pretty far-fetched I think um I mean I think it would take a long time to build up to that point and then I don't think it would ever be like truly hands off because I feel like I'd have to be making new content and kind of adapting, especially anything in the like technology realm is always changing. So I can't make a course and have it last for even like two years probably because the, the technology is always changing. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I want to be doing more. I still like doing client work and want to do like I just want to do a little bit less of it um, and focusing more on, like I was saying earlier with like helping creatives with portfolios, like maybe doing more like one-on-one -on -one time or like small group sort of stuff with creative people and making content like for them. So like videos, courses, products, templates, like all kinds of stuff. Um, but obviously all that takes a lot of time and energy to get there uh yeah like when I say passive income it's never passive I guess yeah uh, semi-passive yeah but yeah being picky about your clients that's always a good sign um 
So you're already doing like workshops and education stuff. How much, what's the percentage of your income being passive? Um, not a lot. <laughs> uh, I guess probably right now my like most in most passive income is coming from web hosting. So that took a long time to build up as well. Like I started that probably, I don't even know, like maybe five years ago, I started web hosting. So every time I build a site for a client, I try to get them to host with me. And so at first I was taking a big loss paying like for a huge server, like monthly. And then I like slowly started adding clients to it. And now I finally got to the point where I'm actually like making profit off of it which is awesome. So that's like my biggest source right now. I definitely want to grow it more, but then I have some kind of like random stuff out in the ether, like <laughs> courses and templates and stuff like that, uh, that I get a little bit less income off of. It's mostly just client work for right now, but I'm trying mm -hmm. to flip that. So yeah, I never thought about web host, like I knew web hosting is a way to make money, but I never thought it like, um, being like the biggest part of your uh, passive income. So that's great. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's something that I always wanted to do and felt like I was never going to get to the point where I was like finally making money off of it. Cause it takes a long time to build up like enough clients who mm -hmm. are like paying enough monthly to help offset the cost of like the server and everything, but then also to give you income. And it's not like, it's mostly passive. It's probably the closest to passive that I can get. Um, but then there's always like, because I'm hosting people's sites, I'm kind of like responsible for them. So there's mm. like that aspect of it. So yeah. if their site like crashes or something crazy happens, which rarely ever happens, but I feel like I, to some degree, kind of have to be like on call a little bit for that kind of mm. stuff, which usually doesn't happen. But yeah, just... Yeah, one of yeah the I, I get that. Um, <laughs> I have the same with some websites, even if they're not in in my uh, like server. Uh, I feel responsible, so sometimes I don't have like no client work and like relax, and then I had like an email like uh, why the website is down. So I, yeah, oh, panicking, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> that is not a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've woken up many times to my phone being just full of like calls emails like my site's down uh freaking out but i i feel like people don't realize that pro probably nobody's looking at their site anyways at like six in the morning or whatever so it's really not as big of a deal as they think it is but they think they're losing money for like every second that their site is down and usually it's something that they did that caused it to to break in the first place so okay <laughs> <laughs> so you like allowed them to touch it? <laughs> yes. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I actually literally right before this was just talking to a client about this, and they were like talking about how appreciative they are of me, like teaching them how to use their site and stuff. Because I have a lot of clients that come to me from another developer that are like, "So and so built my site." they hand coded everything. Now I can't edit it. Now I don't, I don't know how to do anything with it. And they don't feel like they have ownership of their own site, which mm, is sad. And like, I try to do the opposite and like, make sure 
that the client has access to all their stuff. They know how to use it. They can go in there and make like simple edits if they need to change a phone number, change a link, whatever. And that way they don't have to rely on me or pay me to do simple stuff like that. But then if they need more complicated things like adding new pages, whatever, then they can hire me to do that. But yeah, they, they have full control of their site, which is good and bad. <laughs> well, yeah, sounds nice for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must be extra work for you because you also need to teach them, but yeah, uh, mm -hmm. definitely sounds really good for the client. Yeah. So, so you're, you're focusing on, um, helping designers build their own website. So why? Should designers build their own website? Well, I guess I preface that with like, they don't have to, like they could hire somebody like me to help them with it. But I like to at least like give them the option to be able to build their own site, save money. Um, and also like we were just talking about to be able to know how to use it because you built it. So you know where everything is, you know how mm. to find stuff. Um, so I try to just teach designers like the simplest way to build a website so that it's not scary. It's not complicated. I mean, there's always like little things here and there, but trying to make it the easiest path from A to B to getting the website done and using things like Elementor. So it's very visual, it's drag and drop. You can use templates. Like there's a lot of flexibility with it and there's no code involved. There's no scary like backend involved with it. So. I think almost every designer, including me, at some point, uh, we decided to create our website and learn coding or something like that. And it got like, for me at least, like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you will change my mind today, <laughs> in the next hour. But yeah, I, I want to like, uh, no, I just want to do like the web designing and let the developer do his thing. <laughs> But if you can remove the, the hard part of the coding, then maybe, yeah, why not? Yeah. And I think it depends on what, like, what type of person you are. Like some people are going to be like you, they're like, my time is better spent doing other things. And then there's some people who kind of want to get their hands dirty and like play around with it, or even like learn how to build their own site and then turn that into building client sites for profit, which is also a good option. Cause I mean, that, I feel like that's what has kept me going this whole time through the pandemic and everything is that everyone needs a website no matter what. So I'm always going to have business. <laughs> yeah, definitely. At, at least now everyone, um, understands that <laughs> like, yeah, uh, at least in Greece, I think when I started, uh, going to graphic design school, not everyone was convinced that they need a website. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it took some time here. I don't know how it, how it is in the U.S. Yeah, it was definitely like that too. I I remember a lot of clients coming to our agency at the time, and they were like, "I don't really want a website, but I know I have to have one." And we're like all like begrudging about it, <laughs> and just wanted like a simple, cheap website or whatever. But then, obviously, those are the the types of clients that you don't really want to work with because they don't understand yeah. the value of branding, mm. marketing, advertising, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But yeah, was, there's definitely like a curve there of people like not really understanding why a website was important because they'd be like, oh, well, I have business cards and brochures and 
or I have a Facebook or whatever. I don't need a website. Like, no, I think you're missing the point. <laughs> if I'm like, I can hire, hire you, right? To do my website. Yeah, um, you should. <laughs> I will. <laughs> uh, as a designer, if I hire you, so I, I want to do the design and you're going to do the coding or are we working together? Like, I'm guessing if it's not like, um, like full coding and you're based on WordPress or something like that, you are limited to some things. Yeah. So I've worked with, um, other designers in a lot of different capacities. So in some cases they would just design their own site, everything that they wanted, and then I would just build it out or mm -hmm. we would work like collaboratively from the like very beginning. So. For every site I do basically brand strategy, but it's website mm. strategy. It's basically the same thing, um, but tailored to the website and kind of going through that process with them, figuring out like who their target audience is and how we can like talk to them through the website and like give them the information that they're looking for. Kind of going through the whole strategy process and then like wireframes, mood boards, design, all of that stuff, like collaboratively, and then me building up the site. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that it can be done. It, I guess it just depends on like the comfort level of the person designing, if they feel comfortable designing a website. So I know some people don't because it's kind of, it's like UI UX design. It's totally different than like brand design or illustration or something like that, that they may be that might be their expertise and not really web design and thinking about like the sizes of buttons and like clickable space and like the hierarchy of the content on the page and stuff like that. So mm. lots, lots of things to think about. Yeah. This way I'm asking because like I have design websites, but if like, I'm a new designer, I never design a website. I'm going to probably do like some stupid things that <laughs> don't work or doesn't make any sense to place them like this so yeah yeah i want to see like if you're helping them also to to go through that yeah usually yes it's like a collaborative process um also another issue is like the branding side of things so i think we all know about working on our own personal brands is the worst and like just like trying to make decisions and like, oh, what if I pick this color, that color, this layout? <laughs> and like, you're just kind of like, kind of want somebody to tell you what to do in a way. <laughs> so I, a lot of times I end up being in that role where I'm like taking either doing a new brand from scratch for them or kind of taking their existing stuff and like expanding upon it. I found that a lot of designers like they have some sort of brand that they work with but it's usually just like it's like a simple logo and then like one color and then maybe like one font and that's like all they have so I'll take that and like build upon it so we have like two or three fonts to use for like heading paragraph call to action and then a whole bunch of different colors to use for different like topics or whatever or different like uses um and then building out like tints and shades for each color to use for like hover effects and stuff like that um so yeah i that's what i usually end up doing that's most helpful to kind of get people out of their own head mm, okay so you also do like the whole packets right you're 
you could do like the design, branding, strategy, and then go to the website. Yep. That's what I prefer to do just because then we have a solid foundation to build on and like any design, like having that strategy and discovery time is super important. Otherwise it's like, what are we doing? Like we're just building something for the sake of building it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially I, I can remember like clients thought they will need like a website and if the branding is like a crap, <laughs> the <laughs> colors are bad. I know that the website is not going to be good because yep. the, the colors already are like, are not going together. So exactly. Yeah. And when I was working, so I worked at a web agency for like a little over six years and almost every client was like that. Like they okay. would come to us with a very bad logo and it'd be like, they'd have like one logo file and it was like a JPEG with a white background. So we have to try to like edit it and like crop out the background. And the file was always super low quality. So, we, and then they had like no other brand assets, like colors, fonts, nothing. So we actually like over time realized we were doing so much extra work just to build them a website because we we'd essentially be building them a brand to make the website look good. Be like picking fonts, picking colors, picking icons, whatever, like expanding on the brand that they had. So then we started charging for that, but at first we didn't because we were like, well, we're going to build the site. We want to be proud of it. We want to make it look good. So we have to take all these extra steps to get there. Okay. That was my next question, actually. And like, it's good that they brought like at least a JPEG because in the beginning, I remember them being like, oh, you can't download it here. And they will send me a link to their Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely uh, been there too. Or when they send it to you in like a Word document, that's truly <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember if I, I, if I ever got like a Word document. <laughs> Or my personal favorite is when you say like, no, we need a vector file of your logo. And they're like, oh yeah, I have that. And they send you like an AI or SVG and then you open it and it's just the image placed into yeah. the file. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I got this a lot, like um, when designing Netflix titles, sometimes like most of the times it's going to be a flat design and I need to recreate everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's gonna be a smart object and you can open it. It's gonna go to illustrator. I'm like so happy when this happens, yeah. but half of the time it's gonna be just a JPEG <laughs> inside of illustrators. I'm like, why? Yeah. I, I mean, it's probably another design in just trolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cannot think of yeah. um, any other reason to do that. Yeah. That's like when you go to like download an image off of Google and it looks like it's transparent, but it's not like somebody put the checkered background on it. I'm like, why would you go through the effort to like yeah. do that and put it on the internet? So now every time I download something, I'm like trying to like drag it to see if I can see if it has yeah, a transparent yeah, yeah, yeah. background or not. <laughs> Trust issues now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you like, because I was thinking every time I don't say good branding, but they want a website, I need to say to them that that's it, that's brand doesn't work. We need to build a new one. And every time I have that feeling of, oh, they're probably thinking I'm doing this because I am, I'm trying to charge more. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember one time I just recreated a new logo 
without even telling them because he just didn't want to put like the yeah. ugly one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, is it easy to to go through that with their client with like clients and tell them that you need a new brand? Are they accepting that? I feel like for the most part they do understand, but I agree. It's always that gross feeling of like all right, now I feel like I'm upselling them on the stuff that they don't really want. And that's the hard part, I think, is like that they don't really want to invest in the brand or like refreshing it or whatever because they don't understand the value of it. So I think I try to come at it from a place of like, here's why you should do it. Here's the benefits um, and that it's not only going to apply to the website, but it's stuff that they can take and use like print materials, social media, whatever they want to do. So it's like improving their whole like business outlook and not just for the website. Um, but I definitely have clients who are like ones that don't want to do it at all, in which case I usually don't end up working with them. Um, <laughs> okay. Or yeah. they just want to kind of like do like a bandaid, like quick fix sort of thing mm, and i just okay. like kind of okay. take what they have and try to make it a little bit better but yeah it's always kind of a weird conversation because they're like i just need a website I'm like okay but i can't do that without all this other stuff and not to mention like the whole conversation about like content for the website because people don't understand that people think content just comes out of thin air like i just can make it up and put it on the website like i'm, I'm not a writer uh but i can do as much as i can to give you like <laughs> guidelines of like we should talk about this here and this here but i think that's like a very common misconception about web design and development is just like oh i'm gonna hire this person to build me a website hands off I don't have to do anything but it's like a very collaborative process because I have to know like what are your goals who are you talking to that kind of stuff and then I need input from you on what are your services what do those look like like you need to be the one talking about it I don't know what the hell I'm talking about like <laughs> if I'm doing a site about cars or something yeah I can fill in some gaps but like if it's like I just did one recently that was um for like orthopedic research, very complicated topic, <laughs> healthcare topic. And I was like, I really need some help here because sometimes I'll just like make up things, like fill in like some headings or whatever. But with this site, I was like, I cannot, like I'm gonna sound like an idiot trying to, <laughs> trying to talk about this stuff. So I need you, you guys to help. Yeah, especially if it's medical, you cannot just <laughs> create stuff from thin air. It's gonna, it's gonna be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been trying to do a better job of like kind of warning clients at the beginning, like before we even do anything of like, Hey, we're going to need a really solid brand. We're going to need some strategy. We're going to need content. Mm -hmm. So like talking about all of that before we even think about the website, but it's definitely like not the easiest conversation to have because people just kind of want to like one and done be done with it. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm paying you, why should I do the work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that I do in the podcast is uh, ask, it's like a section called random fast questions. <laughs> so I will ask you three random questions and you will need to answer with whatever pops in your mind first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> okay. So, uh, first question is, um, which one is better, Hot Wheels or Legos? Oh, man. You going to start off with the hardest question? <laughs> I think I have to go with Hot Wheels on that one. It's okay, tough, why? though. <laughs> I definitely had a lot of Hot Wheels and Legos as a kid, but I feel like Hot Wheels are probably like one of the first things that I had and was like obsessed with. <laughs> um, okay. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I also think they just have like, I mean, Lego does too, of course, but Hot Wheels has a cool kind of like brand and culture and like are starting to do more stuff like in the car culture community, which is cool. I've seen them collaborating with a lot of like car brands and like going to like car shows and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. They have, um, have you ever seen that backdrop? They they take it to events and it's like the back of a Hot Wheels, like the card that it says Hot Wheels and then it has like the name of the car or whatever on it that's like okay. on the packaging. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. So it's like just that background and you can actually like drive up and like park your car in front oh, of it. So it cool. looks like a Hot Wheel. <laughs> I've never I haven't seen one in person yet, but that's like my life goal is to do that. <laughs> nice. An extra goal to add in the list. I'm going to ask yeah. you later on about the next goals because you said oh, you geez. had a lot. <laughs> if money wasn't an object, what you will do all day? I would still be on the computer a lot, I think. I'd still be building websites. But I would definitely be traveling more and like working on my laptop at coffee shops all over the world. That's what nice. I see myself doing. <laughs> Well, first of all, I think um, it's good that you said you're, you're going to still working on websites. That means that uh, you love what you do and it's not just for money. So that's awesome. Uh, working, wo uh, working on a laptop or on the board, I think you can still do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, I'm going to ask you also about that. And third question. Uh, what, what is an underestimated skill that everyone should learn? I, I mean, I'm kind of biased as a designer, but I feel like design or just like basic principles of design goes a long way. Like in terms, I mean, especially for people who have a business, just learning like basic principles of design, like spacing, color mm -hmm. contrast, like type, like very basic design principles goes a long way. And like, making social media posts, making ads, making print materials, like making stuff that actually looks good and is appealing instead of looks like someone designed it who didn't know what they were doing. But also like, I feel like it applies to so many other things in life too. Like even if you think about your house or like your room and like how you would lay out like posters or interior elements like how you would position like furniture and stuff like that like i feel like there's just because i have learned about design it's like helped me in a lot of other mm -hmm. ways and also modifying cars <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like even if you're not designing yourself like having some knowledge around it i think it's very helpful during your lifetime so yeah for sure um let's go to cars i know that you have a badass car <laughs> that you build up yourself <laughs> mostly it's <laughs> mm -hmm. 
what do you mean mostly <laughs> um there's a certain limit that i get to where i'm like yeah i'm not gonna touch that because i feel out of my uh realm of expertise like mostly with like engine stuff but um yeah a lot of the stuff i've either done myself or done with like friends um i just moved to denver less than a year ago but when i was living in florida we had a pretty good like community of car people and especially people who have the same car as me so it'd be mm. like oh like i've done this before let me help you i know how to do it or whatever i know like an easier way to do it kind of a thing and everyone would just kind of like meet up at somebody's house and just like do stuff to their cars like adding mods or just like doing something like plasti dipping or changing their oil or whatever like it's pretty cool like collaborative environment so i got a lot of help from people doing stuff like that as well but yeah i think i finally i've been doing some like plasti dip to some of it mostly to cover up some like sun spots <laughs> but um other than that i finally got it to like where i want it and i'm trying to just like leave it alone because i don't want to see any more any more headaches with it so okay uh, i love that you said that about that community that's very important actually um yeah i think i remember a picture of you of on your instagram it's maybe old like having like the same car like 10 times and i think it was outside your house mm -hmm. or something like that mm -hmm. so i am guessing that was one of the meetings <laughs> yes um so it would be we had uh it was called gulf coast 86 which 86 if you guys aren't familiar with car stuff is like uh toyota's like lineage of cars basically so i have one of the newer ones which is depending on where you are in the world it has like 80 different names it's gt86 or frs or brz or some other combination of things um so they came out in 2013 and i was like one of the first people in the area that got one and so we would like it was kind of rare to like see somebody else with that car so we would like try to like meet each other and like started forming this group and um basically just nerding out about our cars and possibilities since it was like brand new and so i made a lot of really good friends from that actually just kind of people that you would never meet otherwise other mm. than just because you had the same car which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah sounds pretty cool actually um and are you racing drifting any 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 of those i haven't like formally like done any like track days or anything like that i would like to at some point um when i reach that life goal of being financially stable enough to have a race car which is uh a another category of wealth to be able to pay for the repairs and tires and all that kind of stuff i have a lot of friends who do either race or autocross and stuff like that, like every weekend. And I'm super jealous, but like, it's so expensive. It's crazy expensive. Uh, so maybe one day, but no, I mean, it. it's my daily car. So I try to keep it like within reason to where I can still get to the store and whatnot. <laughs> but <laughs> most of the stuff I've, I started doing when I first got it was all just like exterior, like 
aesthetic sort of stuff. And then once I got it how I wanted it to look, then I started messing with the stuff you shouldn't mess with, like the engine and added a turbo to it and all that stuff. Um, so now I've kind of like got finally got both of those things done and I'm pretty happy with it. It's fun to drive and like I don't like go drifting or anything, but I like to drive it. Like I finally got to take it in the mountains a couple days ago. And that was like awesome. Like the most fun I've ever had with my car ever. <laughs> so I'm from Florida where there's no mountains. It's flat. Mm. It's boring. There's so no, you had like, like those uh, twisty roads that goes mm -hmm. up. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah uh, you fun. should bring it. I don't know how you're going to bring it into Europe to go to the Alps, but <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, so is this your dream car or do you have another dream car? I have many. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, I definitely at one point when I was younger and like saw the car, like coming out and saw like prototypes of it and stuff. I was like, this is my, like my dream car, like within reason that I can like afford um and i yeah i love the car like i've had it for i think like nine years now and i don't like i've toyed with the idea of selling it just to give myself freedom to like go to europe and do whatever i want <laughs> but um i don't know if i can actually do it it's like my child um but yeah it's like my dream car like attainable dream car it has everything like it's fun to drive it's comfortable like it's reliable and it looks the way that I want it to look. <laughs> but beyond that, if money was no object, I would probably have a Lexus LFA, which is kind of like my car on steroids um, <laughs> or like my dream would be to have a custom RWB Porsche from Nakeson and like be able to like get the car and then like choose to like everything i want to customize it like the color the wheels the wing like all that stuff sounds pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> so are your neighborhood neighbors happy about your car <laughs> probably not no <laughs> <laughs> well since i moved out here to denver my car's in a parking garage so it's not like as annoying because it's kind of like muffled like i mean it's loud but nobody's like in the garage really um but before i had a house and i know for sure like especially when i was working at the agency and i was actually getting up early and going to work they were probably not happy <laughs> <laughs> I know that you, like, I remember that you want to travel to Europe and today I learned that you're gonna finally do it. So yeah. What's yep. the plan? I'm very excited. Um, so the plan is a plan, but a loose plan. Cause I want to be able to just kind of like, see how I'm feeling, see if I want to stay in like certain areas longer, or if I just get exhausted from traveling and want to come home, who knows? Um, but basically doing like my dream trip of like hitting almost every country in Europe, um, starting in Amsterdam and then kind of going around Germany, Czech Republic, Austria, back to Germany, down to Italy, 
and that's like a group trip that I've planned. Um, and then from there, I'm just going to kind of like wander around <laughs> and see mm-hmm. what I want to do. I want to hit like, it'd be cool if I could meet up with you somewhere or possibly go yeah. to Greece. Um, yeah, if you can come. Uh, otherwise, Italy is pretty close. Maybe I can yeah. fly and meet you. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. I also want to hit Portugal if I can, because um, I know a couple of people there. And then some the places that I want to check out to like potentially one day live in would be like Portugal, Switzerland, Amsterdam. Kind of want to like get a better feel for those areas or Germany. Germany and France are the only places I've been to so far. So a lot of exploring to do. Yeah, I'm going to do a similar thing that would change traveling by myself. And it's going to be probably mostly Central Europe, but I also want to travel to Portugal. I've never been there, but I hear it's very nice. They have very good food. So yeah, definitely want to, to visit there. I've heard it's in very high demand. So there's like a lot of people moving there right now which is like making the prices go up for everything. But it seems like a cool place to, it's kind of like, well, what was surprising to me is that it's such like a surfing town. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah, seem it's, like it's in the ocean. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I want to hear what your dream car is also. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard, hard to pick. Like in a cheap Cheap car when I was very young. I remember I liked the RX8. I don't know. I just like the way that it looks mm-hmm. without any modification, I will guess. I guess. Yeah. And I like the doors that open like this. <laughs> I don't know why. I just like them. <laughs> I do, it was a closer thing to a Lamborghini, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, like, if you have money, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say like the classic stuff, like, uh, Ferrari and a Lamborghini or a Bugatti. I like to pick like one of each category. So like an exotic and then maybe like a classic car and then maybe like a like a family car, or like daily driver or like a truck or a CV or something practical. Like That's if you could have like tactic. a garage of cars. Yeah. That's a very good tactic. <laughs> yeah. I also like the Tesla. I tried to drive the Tesla. I know that. <laughs> if you're probably into cars, I would have you don't if like I it. could if I could keep my car so that I have the pollution vehicle and then I have my Tesla that drives for me. I think that would be awesome. Mm. Well, I don't know. I test drived it and it felt like I have superpowers. Yep. Like my skills went up <laughs> to, you know, nine thousand or something. Which one did you drive? Uh, I think it was like the simplest one, like the, I don't remember how it's called. Was it the car or the SUV? No, the car, but it wasn't the S. It was like the, not the Y. The X? I think it's the X, yeah. Uh, So it's like the the smaller category. And still it was like pretty impressive for the acceleration and stuff like that. So I was pretty impressed for the, like the price with uh what you get yeah i think they're awesome i would never want one as my like sole car because i need like yeah i need (laughs) to be able to like hear it feel it manual like everything uh but (laughs) i would definitely have one as a second car i never drove one until a few months ago we rented a model y the suv to go to pike's peak for the race and 
uh it was awesome like it was so fast i was so surprised how fast it was and just like it you barely press the pedal and it feels like you're not doing anything and it's so fast and like there's no sound it's yeah. like it's really weird <laughs> i think the worst is for the passenger they they do not yeah. expect you to to go like <laughs> yeah. it's like a jet uh, yeah flying away <laughs> it's just like instant power like truly instant which is weird because i mean well my car is a manual so i can't really do that but like even if i floor my car like there's it's not coming anywhere near what the tesla can do so how was the event actually i would love to go there quite steep uh, we, yeah with the cars and like yeah, crazy it, cars it's uh, it's awesome. It's like my favorite thing in the world. It's so cool because it's like in the mountains with cars. Like, what more can you ask for? Um, I went last year for the first time and just like fell in love with it. We so last year we were like probably halfway up the mountain and we're on like a straightaway. So it was hard to like you'd see the cars for like a second because they'd go by so fast. And then this year we got more on, we got this area is called Devil's Playground because it's just like a bunch of like switchbacks and you can see like all the way down the mountain. So it's, it's an awesome view, but unfortunately it was like really foggy. So we couldn't see that well, but it was still awesome and, uh, incredibly scary to drive up that high to, to park up there. It was so scary. <laughs> but it was worth it yeah i've seen some videos and yeah it looks scary <laughs> yeah and like so i think it takes it's like 30 something minutes to drive from like the base to the peak just like normal driving and these people during the race drive it in like five to ten minutes like okay. it's insane <laughs> i don't know how they do it like they're like either the bravest or the craziest people on earth. <laughs> yes, it's both. <laughs> Are you renting in uh, Europe a car? Um, I would like to. I want to go on the Autobahn. <laughs> Maybe I'll rent a Tesla. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, I always thought that when I have the money, I'm going to go to Italy and rent a Ferrari. At least. Oh, yeah. Just for a little bit. Just to drive a True. Ferrari in Italy just that <laughs> that would be awesome maybe we should do that yeah you can split the difference yeah i don't know how much it is i never looked it looked it probably up. probably a pretty crazy amount but we could do it for like a day or an hour yeah <laughs> yeah i think i would be kind of scared honestly to drive it but it'd be like scared i'm gonna mess it up or something yeah me too <laughs> If it's not mine, I'm, you know, I have that fear of I'm gonna break it. And you're traveling by yourself. Is it uh, something that you're like uh, okay to do? I grew up watching movies like Hostel and Taken, so I have that in the back of my mind. <laughs> but uh, aside from that, I'm excited about it. Like I, so I'm bringing my dog with me. Also, he's a service dog, so I have a Oscar. companion yeah <laughs> you'll probably see him at some point i think he's under the bed right now oh nice <laughs> uh, he looks actually very clever so yeah yeah he's he's a good boy um so won't be totally alone but um yeah i'm i'm excited to do it by myself just 
because I'm going to be like working at the same time too. So I can kind of like work, go do stuff and just kind of like do whatever I want and not have to like rely on somebody else. So like, oh, what do you want to do? <laughs> just kind of go oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, you need to ask Oscar also what he wants to do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Did he finish up his training or he's still uh, um, going? He's still in it. So he has like, he has his test this weekend for the second like group of classes and then he has a couple more weeks so by the time i leave he'll be done with it but yeah this weekend he gets his little uh graduation cap in the picture oh, cool. so. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know they do that <laughs> yeah it's adorable cool. <laughs> so what's the main thing that he learns so just his general training is just like just behaving essentially like being able to be in public and not be distracted by like other dogs other people not barking like not jumping on people general commands like when to sit and stay and walk and just do kind of basic stuff like that which takes a long time to get all the basics down um and then for the for the service dog side of things like he's able to help with like anxiety and panic attacks and stuff like that so there's different things that he can be trained to do so like he can be trained to like apply pressure to like your chest to either like really? lay on you or yeah <laughs> wow that's awesome yeah so if you have a panic attack or if you're like really stressed out or something he can it's almost like a hug, but also like distracting you from the thoughts also to kind of like break you out of it. So yeah, there's a lot of different stuff that he can do, but. Wow. That's <laughs> really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have like, uh, a pre-recorded course called uh, zero to lunch. It's a DIY website building course, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Hope I got this right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so what's the main thing? that people are gonna learn when they buy that um so that course specifically is literally like what it's called from zero to launch so it's like taking going from nothing to having a website built so it shows you like i go into some of the basic stuff that you need to know when building a website so like what's hosting what's an ssl certificate like some of the like technical terms that you just need to be like familiar with so I go over some of that kind of stuff and then go into actually like setting up hosting, setting up like a demo site, um, adding Elementor to it, like how to use Elementor and WordPress together to build a site. And yeah, pretty much that whole process um, going from like a blank page to actually like building something out and then the process of launching it and like getting your domain, pointing it to your site how to buy a domain, all of that stuff. So it's um, based on WordPress. So, you know, there's like a million different platforms for people to choose from. There's like Squarespace, Webflow, Wix, WordPress, all these different things. Um, so this one is WordPress specific. Um, and I just, I've used WordPress for like 10 years now and it's just the most customizable, most flexible option or some of the other ones you get kind of like boxed in to like their templates or their framework or whatever. Um, so I just like to use WordPress and I feel like it's, it's a little bit more of a process to set up 
in the beginning, but it's worth it because of the options that you get yeah, with you it. Get more so, freedom yeah. Later on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this course goes through all of that, how to set up WordPress, why, like pros and cons of using it, kind of a whole overview, and then actually how to build a site and launch it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's a lot. It's like everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have the link down in the description so everyone that wants to do that can go and check it out. I know that you're also doing like free tutorials on YouTube. So if people don't have the budget right now, they can also check those out. And you're doing one-on-one, right? Uh teaching on one-on-one. And you're also doing like workshops. I know that you have a workshop right now about portfolio uh building. Um I don't think the the podcast will be out uh, before the workshop, but again, I will have the link so people can, I'm guessing you're going to do more workshops like this one so they can check out uh, more about that. For sure. Um, Yeah. So that, that workshop specifically, just to explain what it is, it's like um, focused on a portfolio website. So it's like not just thinking about building a regular website, but like, how is the portfolio integrated into that? And like, how do you build out your projects and case study pages and, um, basically kind of creating like a framework for each project and like creating that and having it in kind of in your back pocket. So when you start a new project, you can say like, okay, here's the things that I need to be documenting, like while I'm doing this project so that I can go post it on my site after, like, I'm kind of like a checklist basically of the stuff that you need. Cause I feel like that streamlines the process of updating your portfolio. So you don't put it off for like three years and then update it all at one time. And then you forget like what you even did in the projects. So, uh, that's what this specific work workshop is about. I'm sure I'm probably going to do more, but, um, if anybody is like watching this and missed it because it's October 1st, um, I'll have the recording of it available okay, to you. So. Cool. Yeah, I think I will need it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, we, I need it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like, I think like if your um, most audience is like designers, I think a portfolio website is like the most, uh, uh, the, the, the website that everyone needs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. How much yeah. does it cost to get into the workshop? The workshop is 50 US dollars and okay. it's two hours long. And okay, I'll, that's pretty cheap actually. <laughs> it's, I, it's really cheap for like the amount of stuff that we're going to be covering. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to like really improve everybody's processes on like keeping up with your portfolio because you really have to like have a strategy and like a plan. Otherwise it's not going to happen <laughs> speaking from experience. So, yeah. And yeah, I've worked with you on a web three project, but it's also educational. And I noticed like in your workshop, you don't keep anything like you give all the info away. So that's why I said it's very cheap to, <laughs> to get into that because I know it's kind of give like everything. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I like to share all my trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for all the people that are buying it. Yeah, and then like you were saying, for um, people who aren't trying to spend money right now, I have a ton of 
Uh, I don't have as much on YouTube right now. I'm working on building it up a little bit more, but I have a ton of stuff on my website. There's a lot of um, blog posts, like simple tutorials for different things for websites on there. Um, there's also a bunch of stuff on my Instagram of just like quick, simple tutorial sort of stuff. So plenty of stuff out there to look at if you're interested in getting into web design or development, kind of like dipping your toes into a little bit. Cool. Um, yeah, sounds really good. And you also, we also got into web three this year. Uh, are you also doing like the web three websites now? Are you planning to get into that? Yeah, I definitely want to. I've started like advertising that I'm doing it. Um, I haven't done a whole lot yet other than like the stuff that we've done for the forest, which was a huge like learning process of figuring out how to integrate like minting and wallet verification and all kinds of stuff like into our site. Um, so I learned a lot from that. And then I recently did a site for this company called Metastage that I just launched last week. And um, they do kind of hard to explain. I don't, and I'm, I don't know enough about it to explain it <laughs> in a good way, but like, basically they, they have this like green room and they record like musicians and all sorts of people in that environment. And then they actually like put them into like metaverse so you can view it and like interact with it with VR goggles and whatnot. And they also make like models for that. So like if you're hosting an event in the metaverse, you can like bring in these models to be like, to kind of like make an audience or like populate the area, if that makes sense. So it's not just like empty it makes it look like there's like real people in there. So anyway, mm. they sell models for that. And um, they also wanted to integrate crypto payments into their site. So that's some stuff mm. that I've been working on with them. But otherwise, I feel okay. like everyone, all my clients are kind of like not super familiar with Web3 yet. But yeah. hopefully they will well, be soon. When they do, you can help them out. Yeah. And like, if you are not familiar with web three or NFTs and you want to get into that, I think the forest, uh, the project that we work together is a good start because we were 10 people and we are giving them like, it's like workshops and we are basically giving them like, uh, all the info that they cool need. Cool yeah, artwork exactly. that Chris made. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool that you printed it on your phone. On your case. Yeah, it came out so well. Like you can see like every little detail. I was really impressed. Shout out to uh Printful. <laughs> yeah. Really That's cool. pretty cool. I did some printful, it was mostly t-shirts, but yeah, really good quality on the print. Yeah, I did I've been experimenting with them like crazy lately, but I did the phone case and the canvas, and they were both like really really okay. like crisp prints oh. it's not sponsored by the way <laughs> <laughs> i do have a, an affiliate link for printful <laughs> okay you can send it over i'm gonna put it on the link <laughs> yeah but seriously all jokes aside like printful is awesome and not sponsored by them but their stuff is really cool yep and they're saving the planet because they they print on demand so you're 
printing one thing at a time instead of ordering a bunch in bulk and then not using it. And they also have they have a whole section of their site that's um, recycled materials. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. I never thought about it. Like, I thought it's very convenient that you can print only one or two, but uh, like money-wise, but I never thought that, yeah, if you're saving like tons of uh, t-shirts that they're mm -hmm. going to be thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to have the link for the forest if people are interested in learning about NFTs and Web3. We're also trying to plant the tree so yeah <laughs> we are we also did. putting a small yeah we how many did a lot. we plant i can't remember now um it's on instagram <laughs> it was like 100 something or 500 I, something what? but it, it was a it was lot like 200. yeah it, okay. either way that was, was just from lot. our first drop yeah. too so yeah, yeah. we're gonna be planting a lot more which is yeah. really exciting i feel like yeah. we should do a better job of explaining forest before we <laughs> do you want to try because i tried and i messed it up for sure <laughs> it's hard to explain because i get like excited about it and then i go off on a tangent about like the five bazillion things that we're doing but um basically it's a community of creative people mostly designers um and so there's 10 of us that are actually teaching um, but then there's more people in the in the community in the group. Um, so basically, we're doing education around Web three and NFTs and how creatives can kind of like step into Web three, learn how to make NFTs, how to sell their artwork, how to build communities around their artwork, and kind of like essentially the whole process of building a brand in Web three because that's what we did with the forest and so we like documented our process and then kind of like made that into workshops for everyone in the forest so we went through literally everything from like coming up with your idea for your art to like some brand strategy stuff identity design web design the nft art design that you did and how to like build those files out and then how to actually make them into nfts and sell them and kind of like automate as much of that process as possible but yeah there's a a lot of stuff happening in the forest a yeah, lot of knowledge you nailed it uh, good job <laughs> <laughs> maybe forest should sponsor this video yeah <laughs> but yeah definitely um check it out if you're interested in even just kind of like dabbling in web3 because we have like you can be in the forest for free and be part of the discord and mm -hmm. the some of the stuff that we have going on or we have a paid cohort that we do so we just got done with the first one second one's going to be coming soon and that's some more intensive like so our first one was was it six weeks I yeah think? yeah um six weeks. of a no, small seven. oh yeah it was seven so <laughs> like a small group environment and um you stay with that group throughout the seven weeks and go through all the stuff i was talking about earlier and go from kind of having an idea and actually bringing it to fruition in seven weeks and also having like accountability and being able to collaborate with some of the other members in the group is pretty cool so i always forget to mention like you can get in into it for free <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I was watching a um, Joe Rogan experience the other day <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, it was uh, Roy Jones, the boxer, and they were talking about your website. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Joe Rogan was uh, impressed by your design. So <laughs> what's going on there? What is going on there? I feel like that's an alternate reality situation that happens. <laughs> like that was so crazy and it's like it still doesn't feel real that it actually happened and it was like a year ago i think um yeah so if you guys don't know roy jones he's like one of the most famous american boxers of all time and he's from pensacola which is in florida where i'm from and so the agency that i was working for is in pensacola and his wife reached out to us for her new brand that she was starting, which is called She Warrior. And so through the agency, we ended up doing a whole brand, brand strategy, brand identity, everything for She Warrior, and then built them an e-commerce website as well for all of her merch. And uh, so Roy ended up being on Joe Rogan and he actually gave her a shout out talking about she warrior and like all the stuff that she's been doing, like promoting female boxing and all that stuff. And so of course, Joe's like, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> they pull up the <laughs> website and, and they actually showed it and uh, Joe got to see it. And he like, he was reading out like the copy that we had on the website um, that one of our collaborators wrote. And um, just like, I, I think he made like some like, noise at the end that like <laughs> he was like impressed by it was like all right and that came completely out of nowhere like i didn't know the podcast was happening or anything and i didn't know that they were going to talk about it and uh i was just at work one day and the guy who stephen gray was our photographer for all the she warrior stuff he sent he's like holy shit it's on joe rogan i'm like what are you talking about and he's like since sends me the link to the video he's like go to this minute or whatever and i like almost fainted i think it's like is this really happening <laughs> that sounds awesome yeah wow. that's pretty cool just nice. uh, being in the right place at the right time situation just luck <laughs> well luck is subjective <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, good job. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so I wanted to ask you also about, I know that you started computer science way before uh, design. So was it like in your plans to do like uh, websites from the beginning before getting into, web, into design? Was actually computer science any helpful to web designs? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I... Yeah, so I I always knew that I wanted to do like web design in some capacity, like since I was in middle school and I got into MySpace and Neopets and Zanga and Tumblr and like all those sites where you could like do basic coding and kind of customize your profile. And I just like got completely obsessed with it for some reason. And I was just like trying to learn how to do stuff with very basic code. And as I was doing that, I realized like, oh, well, I know how to do this now, but it looks like crap. So I have to figure out how to design and like make it look good. 
and make like graphics and stuff to go with it. So kind of just like messed around with that and learned learned enough to be able to make stuff and become like very obsessed with it. And I was like, I know this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, but I just don't know how to like get there. Um, so I went to college like thinking that maybe computer science was the best route, honestly, because I was thinking that I would make more money doing that, which you should never make decisions based on that. <laughs> and uh, I thought that I would learn more of, of like programming, coding sort of stuff. So I thought it would be more valuable. So I started with that and it ended up being more like computer programming, not necessarily like website programming. And I also had to do a bunch of classes that I did not want to do like statistics and like crazy math. And I like math, but not like that. <laughs> so I was like, maybe this is not the right thing. And there was no like web design degree or building websites or anything like that didn't exist. So it was either computer science or graphic design. And so I went to graphic design after like a year of doing computer science and it was like way more like art focused like drawing painting all the like traditional art stuff art history how to learn all of that kind of stuff which was interesting it's not super helpful but <laughs> it's cool i guess um so i kind of like mixed the art courses with like some computer science courses and just kind of like made my own path sort of and honestly like school was not very useful in what i do today so <laughs> sometimes i'm like was that a waste of time but like i don't know. i i think i wonder I mean, the same thing yeah i think like the actual education part of it wasn't that useful but like outside of that like making connections with people and like getting internships and stuff like that it definitely was but yeah, so that's what I ended up doing. And then I just like did web stuff in my spare time and just like experimenting with it. And then I think the first client I had was like, I was like halfway through school. I somehow convinced a couple people to let me <laughs> build stuff for them, even oh, though I didn't okay. really know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had, have you heard of Startup Weekend? It's no. like a Google thing. Or I think it might've got bought out by somebody now, but it used to be a Google thing where they do startup weekend in like every city. And it's like the whole weekend you go on Friday night um, and you like form a team with random people that are there. So they had one of those at our school. And that was actually what kicked off my freelance career because I met so many people from that event. And basically what you do is make a team of like, so you'd have like a designer, a developer, like a project manager, and then you'd have like the founder, like the person that had the idea for some like startup company, and then maybe like a few other people. And so everyone kind of like divided out into teams and I ended up, so our team got third place out of everybody. So like my design work and stuff got in front of a bunch of people. So there was a lot of people from there that like, had ideas for companies and stuff that I ended up working with to do like branding and web stuff. And those were like my first like real projects. 
I don't think they realized that, but I was like, yeah, I totally know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, but this is how we start, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, but Bake it that's very make interesting. It. <laughs> it's very interesting that you started this way. Uh, it's pretty cool. So it was literally just a couple clients being like, hey, I need a website. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Kind of. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. out. Yeah. <laughs> just having to figure it out on the spot. And then I just kept doing more and more projects like that and learn a little bit more mm -hmm. every time. So I think, like, even now, when I get a project that I don't feel comfortable of, like, you don't know what exactly I need to, I will be doing um, in terms of the, um, you know, of the process, I, it's the projects that I learn the most. Mm -hmm. new things so those are always sure. interesting yeah um, it's like for me it's like always super stressful at the beginning because you're like how am i going to do this how am i going to pull it off but then at the end you're like it makes you more confident because you're like oh i figured out how to do all that stuff and now i have all these extra skills that i didn't have before so since you went all the way back what will be like the one thing that you wish you will know when you were starting your career in terms of like the technical skills and stuff, but also in like mindset and people skills and just life. Like, I feel like if I just knew what I know now, which is that no one knows what they're doing, like, okay. I feel like that would, would have taken a lot of the pressure off because I think I always felt like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm an imposter, blah, 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 whatever. But like really no one knows what they're doing everyone's just kind of like making it up as we go and i feel like if i had known that back then it maybe would have like took pressure off but also like allowed me to like experiment more and like feel more comfortable i guess mm. yeah i agree like that imposter syndrome like everyone has it and yeah as the as i progress in my career like the people that i was looking up to i realized that yeah that's well they were like also imposters. <laughs> it's not exactly. that, that bad. And I know right now that the people that I'm looking up to at some point, I'm going to realize, I already know that, you know, it's not that uh, crazy, I would say, like far away. So yeah, I, I agree for sure. Yeah. And I, I like to hear people's like personal stories for that reason, because usually they, they're like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I just like was kind of winging it. And just kind of like went for it and like that's what you have to do like that's just that's how it works that's how everybody gets started mm -hmm. yeah um by the way i'm looking at your arm and just remember one of your goals was to get the full tattoo sleeve <laughs> how is this <laughs> <Yeah>. going <laughs> it's uh it's getting there it's like nice three quarters maybe okay well it's the, the last one the <laughs> newest one yeah oh, cool. whale shark can't really see nice. all of it but yes yeah. very detailed yeah it's my favorite one so far even though it's just black and white but yeah um i have a couple more planned but that's going to be whenever i get back to pensacola after my europe trip hopefully oh, you have a specific artist that do yeah oh, okay cool yeah. uh well i've had actually three people do tattoos on me so far um but two of them like one of them apprenticed under the other one and they have like similar styles so i've kind of used like both of them for most of my stuff um this guy shauncy 
in Pensacola. He's awesome. So he's going to do my next one, which is going to be a, uh, do you remember like the original Mac desktops that were like, clear? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. they had like everything neon was colors. Clear back then. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> we need to go back to that. <laughs> so, uh, we, I remember we had those in the computer lab of my like elementary school and they were like neon colors, like all different colors. And but we did the, what was it called? It was like, did you guys have kid picks? Hmm, it was like no. a, it wasn't like Microsoft paint. It was like a little bit more advanced, but we had that program. And I feel like that is like one of the things that like got me into design at like a really young age, like subconsciously. And so I wanted to get uh, a tattoo of one of those Mac computers, the clear ones. So I'm getting one of those and uh, around it, it's going to say, so are you familiar with Pitbull? The rapper. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how he calls himself Mr. Worldwide all yes, the time. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like a play on that. I was going to put Mrs. Worldwide. So it's like Worldwide oh, okay. Web. But like, oh, okay, like... <laughs> okay, okay. I got <laughs> That's cool. Yep. So that and a few more, and then I'll have it filled in. But yeah, that was on my bucket list for 2021, I think. That didn't get accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, yeah. What are what are the goals? That's the last question. What other goals do you have? I said that I'm gonna ask you. So, um, first, win the lottery. Okay, sounds like <laughs> a plan. So, how are you gonna do that? <laughs> uh, first, I have to play the lottery in order to win. <laughs> I I think that the plan in order to win the lottery is not to play, but yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess, like I said at the beginning, just like trying to get more passive or semi-passive income that will give me more freedom, not only to like, I don't just want to sit around and not work. Like, that's not my goal, but like to be able to produce better work, less work, but better stuff and also be able to spend more like one-on-one -on -one time with people or small groups of designers is kind of my end goal um do just doing more courses more educational stuff um putting out as much content as i possibly can <laughs> um getting oscar fully trained so i can take him to europe with me and work and travel around europe at the same time just been pretty much my life goal forever so i'm excited about that but i guess that's it sounds exciting um where people should connect with you i will have all your links down in the description what what's the best place for people to connect with you online um probably instagram on there the most and then my website i try to keep updated with like blog posts and videos and whatnot um yeah, probably those two or LinkedIn. I post some like business related stuff on there sometimes, but yeah, probably mostly Instagram. Uh, it was pretty amazing having you in the show. Hope to have you in the next years and how you have checked all those uh, bucket list <laughs> uh, goals. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for being in the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
Yeah. It was fun. 